The two-job economy. Let's have a look. Hello everyone, I'm Florian Heiser and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I've got my morning stein of coffee and I thought we'd start the day by having a look at this article. You know, it's, it's from the ABC and there's plenty of good economic news. Uh, apparently there is, I don't seem to be able to find it. So why is the outlook so gloomy? Or maybe maybe it should be economic propaganda or property propaganda. What do you, what do you think, guys? What do you think? But nonetheless, let's have a look at this because there's something that was quite interesting that, that jumped out, just the prevalence of people needing two jobs. Is this how the gig economy is going to save Australia from the recession? Or is it just going to mean tougher times for all of us? So there are things going on in the Australian economy right now that are not just unprecedented, they are downright weird. The economy is flirting with recession. Well, yes, it is. And what I will do is I will jump over to this video here and I will just uh, write down the time, one minute and 10 seconds, so I can put a card above and you can have a look at it. This was a question I posed to everyone asking if is Australia is in a depression? And you can see our growth at per capita GDP growth. Now the black line is the trend. That's the trend is 0.4 monthly GDP growth. So we've been below trend for the majority of months with a few exceptions, with very few other than the GFC, since the GFC. So the Australian economy has been depressed. And I refer to another example here, the difference in growth, the lost portion of the economy. This is an example video that I refer to. So the Australian economy has been depressed since the GFC. It should be, I think, about 10% bigger. And I go through all the statistics there. Have a look at it, guys, because it'll help paint the picture that we're seeing here. So, and to achieve even the current level of insipid growth, the pedal is flat on the boards. Record low interest rates, record levels of household debt, relatively low unemployment, despite the latest uptick, um, booming exports and huge government spending. Yes, that's that's all true. I'd question the ABS's methodology for determining unemployment. Because if we look at Roy Morgan, it's it's higher, narrow alternative um, methodology for measuring it, or they use it as alternative methodology. But what about when we'll go further into this article to talk about the two jobs? I wonder how that's going to affect the unemployment figures. So there's plenty of wood and kero going on the fire. But it's, it's not getting hot. I wouldn't care chucking on a fire. Reminds me of a camping trip with, with when I was a kid. So people are just not spending, perhaps because they feel they're not getting ahead. Or wage growth has been just stagnant. And here we go. Everyone has a side hustle now. Is that what it's called? In architecture, Rachel was going, oh, um, it's moonlighting. I go, yeah, that's the old name for it, moonlighting, doing extra work on the side. But I guess the side hustle is different to moonlighting. Moonlighting, I would say, would be as an architect, I'm working for someone, then I do a side project on the side. You know, I start doing my own little projects on the side outside of hours. That's moonlighting. Side hustle is doing something completely unrelated to your primary training and profession as a side gig. So this, I've, I've done Uber guys, I did it for a while. Uh, and the cash flow was great. But when I worked it out at the end of the year, it really wasn't worth it. A couple of speeding tickets or you accidentally go through a red light camera and boom, you've lost your revenue. For me, what turned me off it was just um, 
the me too culture we have these days and my concern that any people could say anything about what i'd done and i couldn't put a camera in it because it's queensland and you have to purchase a special thousands of dollars uh government camera for safety when i could get one for 50 bucks so once the government gets involved they ruin everything <laughs> they've even made uber they've ruined uber so during the week 26 year old joel cathavilli works in finance on weekends he drives an uber i drive an uber uber just for the flexibility and it provides the extra income that i'm able to earn from it he told 7:30. and just think guys remember uber is one of these unicorns on the stock market that has never hit its listing price i don't know if it's made a profit yet let me know in the comments if it has he's been driving for about three years but over that time even uber driving has become more competitive well more people are doing it more people are doing it they just need to on the, i mean don't get me wrong on the weekends it's fine if you do it at night time you can drive a few people around lots of nice people have a great chat i used to play jordan peterson uh, remix music <laughs> so some blo young blokes would recognize it that, that got me five stars i think the proudest one i have was having an argument with a woman who was like a stereotypical young social justice warrior with purple hair who worked in a bakery and was blaming the older what people white people as being racist and i said oh maybe it's just because they're hungry that's why they've been a bit grumpy with slow service and she didn't give me a one star so i was you know i think i think that deserves a medal so when i started i was earning a couple of hundred dollars pretty easily just by doing my four or five hours on the weekend he said now it's gotten a bit harder to match that level of income well see there's two things there's more people competing in this side hustle and there's less people using it you know if the economy gets harder the taxi drivers feel it guys the taxi drivers feel it low wage growth and underemployment has pushed up the number of uber drivers but in an environment where a pay rise is hard to come by every little bit helps i think it's definitely it definitely does assist in people's day-to-day -day lives he said it definitely gives people the ability to catch up on anything they might have lost in the past couple of years in terms of wage growth because he saves most of his weekday work money he uses the uber cash for day-to-day -day expenses he's a careful spender and hopes to have enough for a deposit on a house or apartment within the next year or so i think there are times when i almost feel as if it's a lifetime away or it's going to take quite a long time for me to get there he says i mean just think about this guys just think about this from the perspective of australian quality of life 50 years ago would you have had people professionals having to also work you know on the weekends in a side hustle just to be able to save up enough money to afford a house this is where we're at at the moment this is where australia is this, this, and we're hearing in the news housing is booming housing is booming and I'm, I'm looking at the fundamentals i'm talking to people i had a friend contact me today he sent me an email this this morning he'd been made redundant as a, pro, a trained professional so it just shows you so you're always hearing news about property prices going up or property prices going low i think when there's a bit of confusion about what's going on it's a bit scary at times well see that's the fomo that's designed to encourage you to make a rash decision he's probably doing the smart thing if he just chips away at it and waits a couple of years for the market to settle down there you go 
So spending data, who is right? Conventional wisdom says that tax and interest rate cuts are like money in the pockets of consumers, stimulating spending and feeding economic growth. That doesn't appear to be working. Well, maybe, maybe it could be because we've got access to alternative information these days. We're not just solely dependent on the news. We've got YouTube, where you can get the contrarian argument. You know, where you can go find, type in about this and find a whole lot of contrarian arguments and people putting cases forward going, well, this isn't correct. You can watch Martin North and John Adams going, well, look, look at what CoreLogic are saying and what REA, REA group are saying. That's different. Has anyone seen that said hardly anywhere other than there is some contention in an article? Has any of the major news outlets reported on that? Please let me know if, if they have, guys, because it would be interesting to see. So, I mean, could that be why? The conventional wisdom could be out of date because we're living in a different age, a different age. Another example, and I'll be discussing this because this is International Men's Day, by the way. Happy IMD. I'm going to be talking to my father-in-law about how keto has improved his quality of life immensely. And now he's had to go on a journey to with his healthcare providers just to kind of steer them towards information. So that's an anecdotal example of where access to an alternative source of information allows you to question and challenge what's being put forward to you. Here he's challenging the dietary guidelines, which when you look into it, aren't are really locking a lot of professionals into what advice they can give and are very out of date, very out of date. So the Morrison government rushed through its tax cut legislation before the end of the financial year to ensure the $8 billion it was estimated to cost this year would flow swiftly into the economy. But shoemaker Andrew McDonald hasn't seen that. He's been making shoes for 30 years and thinks business is going through a soft patch at the moment. Uh, okay, I, I'd expect he'd be used to recessions and seeing them. Maybe he hasn't. I was talking to an old engineer, I think a, a few years ago when, you know, the GFC was just hitting and, and work was slowing down a bit. Um, and he said, don't worry, Florent, it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. I've been through it before. It's just part of business. And well, it's, it's cyclical, isn't it? But it depends. You know, they, they put, the thing, the difference is this time they're pulling all the tricks out of the bag, out of the bag and they're barely sputtering along. So I'd say the drop off this month, it's been about a 30% drop in ready to wear sales. He told 730, a 30% hit to your revenue. That's big or sales. I'm assuming it's his revenue. He said shoppers appeared reluctant to spend money on things they don't see as necessary. Well, there you go. I mean, I am doing that. Rachel is doing that. Everyone is cutting back. Let me know in the comments. If you're cutting back, I bet a lot of you are. They're thinking, maybe I won't spend money on those shoes. I will leave it to later and see how the economy is going. See if I still got my job. I might not be getting pay a pay rise this year, he said. According to the official Australian Bureau of Statistics data, the tax cuts have not resulted in increased consumer spending. For the 2019 September quarter, retail sales fell by 0.1%, with an annual growth rate of 2.5%. But data taken directly from the spending patterns of Commonwealth Bank customers shows a different story. According to CEO Matt Cummin, the tax cuts have worked to boost spending. Post the tax cuts came through on 1 July, we saw that provide some support, he told 730. We saw the post that post the tax cuts 
Actually, our consumers increased their spending by 28%. Across a number of different areas in July and August, actually household spending intentions increased. Mr. Coleman thinks more tax cuts could be just the thing needed to fire up the economy. We'd argue that bringing forward some of the tax cuts that are otherwise planned for 2021-2022 to next year would say would certainly have a positive effect on the economy. Well, yeah, it depends. Depends on consumer sentiment. Consumer sentiment has jumped up. We'll have a look at it here. This is the latest data. Consumer um, intentions. It's just jumped up recently. So, are rate cuts sending the wrong signals? Well, yes, I think they're dashing confidence. They're dashing confidence. Uh, Mr. Common says, but we just, it's consumer spending's going on. Yeah, it, it's, it's strange. I think it, I think it took a hit. I think it really took a hit. I mean, if we have a look here at another video I did where I, I'm saying, you know, we're in recession, our GDP growth per capita has, has been going down. It's been going down for the last three measures. So that's also another thing to consider. Mr. Common thinks multiple interest rate cuts have sent wrong signals to consumer. The cash rate reduction is well-intentioned, he said, but what we've seen both in some of the external surveys as well as our own data and what our customers are actually doing at the moment, it's a neutral or negative effect. The overnight cash rate is sitting at a record low of 0.75% after 15 cuts in a row. Just think about that, guys, 15 cuts. Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe has indicated the RBA would like the government to look for other options to boost the economy. As a board member, Professor Ian Harper is in the room when the Reserve Bank meets each month to determine interest rates. He agreed to give his personal view on the economy and why cutting interest rates towards zero was no longer working. We've had periods in the past, of course, when inflation when inflation's been low, but growth has been fine, he told 7.30. But for us to have low interest rates, low growth, low inflation, all at the same time, while a labor market is strong, that is to say unemployment is also low, that's pretty unusual. Professor Harper said the Reserve Bank's rate cuts were not working as expected. Well, nothing works as expected, guys with regards to the RBA. And I'll just bring up a little chart here too. And here we can see their success in predictions. This is wage growth forecasts from the RBA. Need I say more? Need I say more? So normally you'd expect what that would do is to encourage people to consume more and to invest more, he said. Yes, but we're in a different age now. We've got an age where people have access to more information is the nudging effect going to still work? Now, neither of these things are happening in the way they've done in the past. Precisely why? Unless you just sort of wave your hands and say, look, it's all about uncertainty. We're not so sure. We really don't know the answer to that question. What is true is that both here in Australia and elsewhere, economies aren't responding to easier monetary conditions in a way that was true in the past. So there you go, guys an interesting look at just the economy. What do you think? Are you having to resort to a second side gig? And um, how does it make, you know, do you think my argument that it's different to moonlighting because it's not your core profession? People working in finance are then doing Uber. Let me know your take in the comments below, guys. Thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. If you enjoy my content and want to help me produce more, I do have a Patreon and a Subscribestar. I also have Amazon and eBay links 
where I receive a kickback every time you make a purchase and it doesn't cost you a cent. And finally, I have PayPal if you'd like to make a deposit that way. Thank you all so much for your support. I really appreciate it. And thank you for reaching 10,000 subscribers. We're planning a proper episode once we have our new merch ready to show to all of you. So take care, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye for now.